Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Tuesday, October the 17th. And welcome to our commentary. Just a quick, uh, couple of quick sports uh, announcements here. Of course, we congratulate the Texas Rangers. They're up two to nothing in their best of seven series against Houston. Now, again, they still have to win four. They've got two. And the Houston team is awfully good. They're, they're, they're the defending champs. So I wouldn't count my chickens yet, but uh, it does look good for the Rangers. They've Those two games in, in Houston were absolutely exciting. They were very well played. And, you know, the, the, the Ranger bullpen, we keep hearing about the Ranger bullpen all year. It's been fantastic in the postseason, just absolutely uh, fantastic. So we congratulate uh, uh, the Texas Rangers. Now they're coming home. They will be here Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. There are three games here. And because they're up two to nothing, they could potentially clinch the American League pennant here at home. That would be fun. That would be a lot of fun, to say the least. Uh, we hope that happens. But again, I mean, Houston is a great team. And if anybody can come back from being 0-2, it's Houston, the Houston Astros. So I, I wouldn't quite, you know, I wouldn't quite invite people yet to the party uh to the big party celebrating the American League pennant, but I probably would start considering a menu because I do think this is going to be, it's just an absolutely uh, amazing week uh, for the baseball fans around here. We've waited a long time for uh, the Rangers to be good again. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't that long ago, 2010, 2011, 2015, 2016, that the Rangers were in the postseason. But then we went into that little drought, uh, six years of nothing. And here we are getting ready uh, potentially to win the American League pennant uh, uh, this week. That That is absolutely great. If you're a Rangers fan, as I am, or any kind of baseball fan, you root for your home team, of course, uh, to do well. And I'm just excited about it. I also want to congratulate the Cowboys. I'm actually wearing my uh, Cowboys uh, jacket today, and that's because it's kind of chilly around here this morning, and I had to wear a jacket, and my Ranger jacket was sort of, yeah, it was like in the laundry, let me put it that way, so I uh, couldn't wear it, but I found my my little Cowboy uh, jacket. The Cowboys did win in LA. They really needed to win that game. It was not a huge win, but you win. That's all that matters. W is all that matters. So congratulations to the Cowboys, but especially congratulations to uh, the Rangers. Who would have believed any of this? Who would have believed any of this, you know, back in March and April? I mean, nobody, nobody believed that they would be where they are. So it's just been a, a phenomenal ride for, for the Rangers, to say the least. Well, the big story out of Washington, D.C. today, the big political story, is that we're still looking for a House speaker. Now, I think, uh, just a hunch, I think that Jim Jordan is going to get it. I think he's putting together enough members to get it. I was critical of getting rid of McCarthy simply because I thought it was an unnecessary, self-inflicted wound. You didn't have to do this. There's no reason to shake things up like this. McCarthy was doing a decent job under the circumstances. Look, when you've got a majority of 10 in the House and you have a Democrat Senate, 
and you have a Democrat president who's going to veto anything you send them, you, you, you have to govern realistically, meaning maybe sometimes you got to cut some deals just to move the ball forward. And unfortunately, um, unfortunately, that did not happen. That did not happen. They got rid of uh, McCarthy, and now they have this little situation in the House. I don't think the Republicans are benefiting from this, meaning PR. I don't think that this is helping them with the general public. It doesn't mean that it's a deal breaker. It doesn't mean that that they cannot recover from this. But they got to get a speaker in there pretty soon, and it's got to be it's got to be a speaker who understands the political realities. I said uh, in one of my prior videos. The Republicans should not be arguing among themselves. That's not going to get them anywhere. What the Republicans have to do is they have to grow their majority. They got to get more people in the House, you know, 10, 15, 20 seat majority. And then they got to get the Senate. And then we got to get the White House. If you can get those three, I think a lot of the things that you want to see done are going to get done. But at the moment, uh, you know, when you have the House by less than 10 seats, not a lot you can do, not a lot you can do other than to pass legislation that you know is going to probably get shot down in the Senate. And even if it passes the Senate, it's going to be vetoed by uh, President Biden. So make the best of what you have and getting into a fight over the speaker, in my opinion, it's not the best thing. That doesn't mean that uh, Jim Jordan is a bad person. He's not. He's a great guy. I'd like to see him as a speaker. I mean, at this point, let's get him in there. But once whoever becomes a speaker, we're going to have to get back to governing because that's what people want. I don't want to lose the House in 2024 because the American people don't think we're capable of governing. No, we got to have more party discipline and we got to stop arguing with each other. We're not gaining when we're arguing with each other. It's, uh, it's as simple as that. So we got to get a speaker. We got to get a speaker. Hopefully, we will today or tomorrow, very soon. By the end of this week, we got to have a speaker because there's a lot of things that that uh, you cannot do without the speaker. I mean, it's as simple as that. You cannot, for example, move any legislation without the speaker. So, we got to get uh, we got to get this done as soon as uh, possible. Now, President Biden is apparently heading to Israel, where. I'm not exactly sure what he's going to get out of this trip. By the way, I think bringing a president of the United States into a war zone at this moment, and it, to me, it's, it's simply a risk not take, not worth taking at this moment. Um, I mean, he doesn't have to get Israel to, to, to express our support for the Israeli nation. I think he's done that many times already. He doesn't have to go there for that reason. But, you know, this is... Um, I, I just don't think it's a good idea for the president to take this trip. There's another point, too, I'm going to say, and this is not easy for me to say it, but I think we have to say it. I mean, these trips, I mean, these are long trips. They would be very long for any man. But when you're talking about an 81, whatever his age is, 81, 82-year-old man, this is, you know, not uh, not very good for a man of his age. So I that's the other thing that that concerns me, you know, how is he going to look? How frail is he going to look? He already looked pretty frail as it is. So uh, do you want to send this man on a long trip to Israel? You know, I, I don't know. I just don't think this is uh, a wise move on the part of, on the part of the White House. That's all I can tell you. 
By the way, this morning, I was, uh, if you live in Houston, I was a guest on one of the morning talk shows on 7.40 a.m. I don't remember the call letters, but 7.40 a.m., they are the news talk station in Houston. And I was a guest this morning. We were talking about immigration. And the question was about immigration, uh, the political situation regarding immigration right now, because the politics of it has changed. Immigration, illegal immigration, uh, out-of-control immigration has really become an issue for the Democrats now because they're the ones who are getting all kinds of opposition from within their party. And you see it in New York City, you see it in Chicago, and you see it in other places. So they were asking me, uh, the host was asking me uh, about the message. What, what would be a good Republican message uh, with respect to immigration? What, what should the Republicans be talking about with respect to the border and with respect to this crazy immigration policy of the Biden administration? And I, I responded to that by saying that I think the focus should be on border security is national security, meaning when you have a border out of control, when you have people coming into your country, and I'm sure 99% of them are good people, but it doesn't take any more than a couple hundred for something to happen, that you have to impress on the American people that border security is national security, that you cannot have an open border. You cannot have out of control immigration at a time when we see what's happening in the Middle East at a time when, you know, look, it, it's just not, not a good idea to have open immigration. So the point I was trying to make is that I think the Republicans should talk about national security and the risk to our national security from having open borders. And then always go back to the line that we favor legal immigration. Legal immigration is good for the country. Illegal immigration isn't. And out of control immigration isn't either because we don't have the resources. We don't have the schools. In many cases, we don't have the housing for many of these people. I, it probably drives up the cost of housing just when you bring in that many people at the same time in many of these communities. So the point to the Republican, the Republican, the message has to be border security is national security. That's the point that I think more and more has to be made with respect to what's happening on the border. Well, just a quick thing from on this day in history, back in 1989, I remember this, uh, they were going to play a ball game. They were going to play a World Series game in San Francisco, game three of that series. They were going to play it at, this was the old candlestick park. They were going to play the game, and during the pregame show, there was a little shaking. An earthquake took place in San Francisco. It was a pretty bad one, too. Uh, quite a few people were killed, so you know, here you were doing the pregame show, you're listening to the pregame show, and all of a sudden the earth shook up a little bit and they had to interrupt uh, the pregame show. They had to cancel the game. And it took about a couple of weeks uh, until the World Series could, uh, could begin again. So the earthquake of 1989, San Francisco, third game of the World Series. I remember it quite well, how it all happened. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. And go Rangers, go Rangers, go Rangers. Man, everybody's excited around here about our baseball team, and I am. Go Rangers. <laughs>